Bible and turn with me once again to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3. It's been a number of weeks, months, since we have been in Ephesians. Let me give you a report about Brother Austin Gardner, pastor in Atlanta. He is still doing very, very bad. Very poor. And, uh, you know, uh, this is a real issue. We need to be reminded about it. And so uh, just pray, pray for our brother. Ephesians chapter 3, we've been talking about the mystery program versus the prophetical program, trying to understand the Bible as the Bible sets it in the array and the uh, tone that the Apostle Paul says, to study and show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing, that thought of rightly dividing, meaning a cutting with a uh, straight line to separate, to sort out the Word of God, not in the mind of God, but in your mind, in my mind, to understand the Bible correctly. Someone asked a question during the quarantine as we were going through the Q&A time here at the church. Why is the Bible so difficult to understand? And this is definitely one of those reasons. It's probably the major reason outside of um, other small specific issues. But to, to, to know the Bible correctly is to understand how to approach it. And that's what right division does. It allows us to have a clear understanding of God's Word. And so we've been talking about the mystery. And just to uh, go um, historically back and to kind of remember some of the things that we've been talking about, we've been talking about how the revelation of this mystery was given to the Apostle Paul. It was hid from other dispensations and ages given him by Jesus Christ in Revelation. You go to the book of Galatians and how... Uh, Paul speaks in that epistle that he received it, this revelation that Jesus Christ came to him, spoke to him many times, uh, and yet we know that Paul was unique. We understand as we have looked how the 12 apostles' doctrine is different than the apostle Paul's doctrine. We're going to focus our attention a little more on that tonight. And we've talked about four different gospels that we find in the scripture where a lot of people, Bible believers, think that there's only one gospel. Uh, some people will say that Old Testament saints are saved just like New Testament saints, and that's incorrectly. That's just poor theology. Um, I mean, if you look at just the simple thought of having to sacrifice animals for the atonement of sin, going to a priest and once a year, that pre there's a major uh, amount of different doctrines that's different than that dispensation versus the dispensation of grace and the dispensation uh, that will come during the tribulational period and during to the end withstanding from the mark of the beast, having faith and the gospel of the, uh, of the kingdom uh, and, and all of those things. So there's a lot of things that are set in a certain array. Uh, but this was a revelation. It was hid. It was given to the Apostle Paul. And uh, here he is talking about all of these things. Uh, I gave you seven different points about the gospel. Number one, God has made it known in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9 and verse 10. Number two, God's, it is God's will for all people to see the mystery. We see that in verse 9. It says, And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Number three, Paul asked prayers for an open door to make the mystery known. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 3. Number four, he asked prayers for an open mouth and boldness to proclaim it. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 19. Number five, uh, the mystery... The knowledge of the mystery it imparts a spiritual understanding and enlightenment. You can find that in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 2. Number 6, believers, all believers are established by it. Romans chapter 16 and verse 25. And then number 7, uh, the mystery is to proclaim for the obedience of our faith. We are to 
understand the mystery and then to promote and teach the mystery. And so to uh, ignore the mystery is uh, rebellious, it's disobedient. To play down the mystery as if it's not as important as the Apostle Paul states that it is, is to be foolish in what we do as handling the Word of God. We kind of gave you that illustration as the Bible says that the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than what? Any two-edged sword. And there's a lot of people that take the Bible out there and they don't know how to uh, use the sword. And they're just kind of flinging it around foolishly and talking about God. That does a lot of damage. And so also as we think about the mystery and understanding right division, we come to certain portions of the Bible that talk about baptism for salvation versus grace for us today. Uh, we find different gospels, the gospel of the kingdom versus the gospel of the death, burial, and the resurrection. We talk about uh, enduring to the end, working uh, out your own salvation in, in the sense of uh, as you go to the book of James, faith without works is what? Dead. But as we put those things in the right dispensational context, they make sense. Whereas if we don't and just try to accept everything, can you imagine going to a church that's a non-denominational church? That means anything and everything's okay. So they're going to speak in tongues, but not speak in tongues. They're going to water baptize but uh, for salvation, but you don't have to be baptized for salvation. They're, they're going to, to have a priest, but not have a priest. We'll have a pastor. Uh, it's chaos. It's chaos when you think about the very function of what that title means. It means complete anarchy according to the, the Word of God. Uh, Paul said to preach the Word. Did he not? But it's important to know what part of the Word that we're preaching. As all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, it's written for us. It's not all written to us. And so that's what right division does. A few weeks ago, we talked about how we were going to look at what is the so-called Great Commission. And we're going to defunct it. We're going to tear it down. And as we go to Paul, we're going to show you how the Great Commission is not set for the body of Christ. There are three commissions that we find in the Bible. A Great Commission, a Greater Commission, and the Greatest Commission. The Greatest Commission is the Commission of reconciliation. That's for the body of Christ. That's the dispensation of grace. And so we're going to talk about that versus these other two. And uh, I know that this is going to be a blessing. And I pray that you would say before we start our adventure, God, help me to have a teachable spirit. Just let me see it. Let me see it. And if you do, I guarantee you, if you have that spirit, you'll see it. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given to me to you, or how that by revelation you made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote a four of few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge. Who's that my? Paul, in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of His promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I made a minister according to the gift of, uh, of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of His power. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see. That's Paul's ministry. And to make all men see. His 13 epistles. That's what he's trying to do. To make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God 
who created all things by Jesus Christ. Okay, so we're looking at the so-called Great Commission. We're going to talk about the great, the greater, and the greatest. But to do that, I have to set the stage. And to set the stage, we're going to kind of rehearse some things, look at some thing, new things, and it's going to make much more clear sense. Uh, first of all, turn with me to Ephesians. We've got a lot of passages to look at. Ephesians chapter 1. And look down in verse number 9. I want you to see the importance of the Apostle Paul. The importance of the Apostle Paul. The mystery was revealed to Paul. And in it we see Paul's part to fulfill the will of God. So Paul is important. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 9. Having made known unto us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure which He had purposed in Himself. Paul had a certain purpose. God had a certain will in Paul's life. He says, having made known unto us the mystery. Again, I want to show you the importance of Paul's ministry, about the mystery, the mystery. He's different than Peter. He's different than the other twelve. He's not preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He's not even Mark chapter 16, going to all the world and preach the gospel. He's preaching a different gospel that has been hid from all other ages and revealed to him specifically by Jesus Christ and now as he says my gospel my gospel my gospel distinctly separating his gospel from the other four gospels we see the program that is set before us verse 10 that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ both which are in heaven and which are in earth, even in Him. Now notice that statement. He says He might gather together in one. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one body. What is that body made up of? Both Jew and Gentile. We see right here in this verse that there's a clear distinction between the ministry of the Apostle Paul and if you go to Matthew chapter 10 where Christ told the disciples only to go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. They were only going to the Jews. Now Paul is going to both Jew and Gentile. And so this is his part to make known, uh, to, 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 to reveal, to show the, the mystery uh, of how both Jew and Gentile are going to be saved in one body. Look also in Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1 down in verse 27. Uh, well, verse 25. He says, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me. God made me a minister. This was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations. But now, now let me remind you, this mystery is a certain gospel. Paul's gospel, which is the death, burial, and the resurrection different than Peter's gospel, different than the twelve's gospel, different than the gospel, as you recall, of the circumcision, that's the Jews, the gospel of the uncircumcision, that's the Gentiles, that's Paul as he speaks. Uh, you've got the everlasting gospel, Matthew chapter 24. Uh, you've got the uh, uh, gospel of reconciliation as Paul speaks about how we are to be reconciled back to God. Uh, so he clearly... Uh, distinguishes a few things. This gospel's been hid. It's revealed to me. It was a mystery. 
but now is made manifest to his saints, hid from Peter, hid from the other twelve. Look at verse 27. To whom God would make known what is the riches of his glory in this of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of, of glory. Okay, so again, um, the mystery was made known unto Paul. Uh, it was made known unto Paul and yet hid from other people, other dispensations, other periods of time. Look over in First, Second uh, Timothy. Look in Second Timothy, chapter two and verse number seven. Now think about the wording. Think about the wording. I've tried to share this with you a few times because it's it's key to understand Paul's part in the Word of God. He says in verse seven, Paul is speaking here. Consider. What Peter says, consider what Amos says, consider what Daniel says. No, he says, consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. So as we think about doctrine, the all things, there's doctrine. If we don't find it in Paul's epistles, then it's clearly not for the dispensation of the grace of God. As you see water baptism in certain areas of the Bible, and yet you don't find it in Paul's. And we're going to talk about that. You don't find it in Paul's epistles. So you see certain functions and certain functionalities and certain doctrines We, you know, that you see in certain parts of the Bible, but not in Paul's. Or if you do see it in Paul's, it's at the beginning of his ministry, and as law is being ushered out, Grace is being ushered in. And as God is directing His attention from the Jews, now to the Gentiles, and as whether it be uh, speaking in tongues, or whether it be Mark chapter 16, going to all the world and preach the gospel, and those converts are going to be able to drink deadly poison, be bitten by serpents, and, and yet they're still going to be able to go on. Those things are no longer in effect. Uh, because who required a sign? The Jews did. The Jews did. God's program has changed. And it's so very important. Consider what I say and the Lord give the understanding in all things. Um, let's just remember four things real quickly. How unique Paul is to his gospel. Okay? Look in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. What is his gospel? Okay? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is Paul's gospel. When you find it, uh, we're in verse number 1, and you can say amen. He says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you. Look down in verse 3. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. He received it from whom? Christ. It was revealed to him, right? This is my gospel. Paul's gospel, as he says. How that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures and that He was buried and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. There's the three parts of the gospel. But then the tail end of the gospel is seen in verse 5. And that He was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve, and after that He was seen of above 500 brethren at once of whom the greater part remain until this present, but some are fallen asleep. And after that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as of one born out of due time. That's very important as it's in connection to his gospel. 
because what Paul is saying to us is that he was born out of due time and in that out of due time that revelation that came to him through Jesus Christ was a revealing of his gospel. His gospel. So, um, number one, go over to Romans chapter 16. We're talking about Paul's unique in, part in, in his gospel. And I want to remind you about Paul's gospel, okay? Verse, Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. You know this verse? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For, for, for the first time in history, there has been a change where it's no longer through the nation of Israel. It's not, no longer through the Jews and the Jews only. If you were a Gentile, you had to be a proselyte, convert to the law. But for the first time, it's both Jew and Gentile in this gospel. Different than the Great Commission gospel. Okay? So uh, that's the first unique thing about Paul's gospel. Look with me also in Romans chapter 16. I want to remind you of this. We just shared uh, a point of this a few moments ago, but let me remind you. Romans chapter 16, verse 25. Now to him that is of power to establish you. That's an old archaic word for the word that we use, establish. Same meaning. Now to him that is of the power to establish, to establish you according to what? My gospel. Notice how Paul labels it. My gospel is, remember how I have preached unto you, as he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, how that according to the scriptures, Jesus died, Jesus was buried, Jesus rose again. This is my gospel. This is the good news, the revelation that was given specifically to me that was hid from other dispensations, other periods of time, other apostles, other prophets, but revealed to me and only to me. And this is what is going to establish you, establish you. This is my gospel. The word establish has a lot of different definitions. It means to be firm and concrete. It means to have understanding and purpose. It means to have knowledge. We don't have to live in darkness. In other words, when we go to this Bible, why is it so hard to understand? Because people don't go to Paul to see how Paul is writing to the dispensation of the grace of God. He's writing to the uh, church. Uh, he's writing to the body of Christ. He's writing to both Jew and Gentile. And in his program, my gospel, what do we find? The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's different. Well, there's so many different denominations that say uh, baptism through salvation. Where do, we, where do they get that? Why are there so many denominations that say speak in tongues to receive the Holy Ghost? Why are there so many denominations that want to uh, promote uh, a healing cloth and if you anoint yourself with this healing cloth, you'll find some healing power. They go to the Bible and get all of those things. But the specific thing that they're not doing is looking at Paul. He says in verse 25, Now to him that is of the power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Did they do that in the Old, uh, did they do that in the Old Testament? Or the law in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Jesus didn't go forth preaching the gospel of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He told Peter about it for a short moment. What did Peter do? He flipped out. He said, Lord, let it not be 
let, let it not be done. You know, and what did Christ say? Get behind me, Satan. Peter didn't understand the gospel as Paul had revealed this revelation from Jesus Christ himself and the importance of what it would do. He says, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. All nations. There are parts of the Great Commission that we hold to. Go in all the world and preach the gospel. That within itself is what we're doing here at Solid Rock Baptist Church. No one can deny that. But the difference is in the message that these apostles are going versus the body of Christ are going. Well, pastor, most churches are preaching the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You're right. They're holding to the Great Commission. You're exactly right. I'm not arguing with you. I'm arguing with you. Uh, not arguing with you. I'm just arguing uh, uh, this point through to say that we need to be specific to the Word of God. Why? Because the Word of God demands respect that we give to this book. There's a, a multitude of, of misunderstanding uh, 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 of truths and historical thoughts and, and, and different doctrines when they want to take the great commission that's found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and try to fit it in for the body of Christ today. It's a different program completely. It's a different program completely. Uh, look with me also. Uh, so number one, um, Paul's gospel, it was for both Jew and Gentile, first in all of humanity. Number two, it will establish you, give you... Uh, Understanding of what God's doing and has done and will do. Number three, look in 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 2. And look with me down in verse 8. He says, Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead, notice the next words, according to my gospel. Think about that in the context of what he's saying there. If all four gospels are the same, the gospel of the circumcision and the gospel of the uncircumcision, the gospel of the kingdom is the same as the gospel of the grace of God that we're in, then why is it that they weren't preaching the resurrection of Jesus Christ? What's the third part of our gospel? His death, His burial, and His what? Clearly different than the other ones. Peter wasn't going forth only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and saying, here's the good news that Jesus is going to die and He's going to be buried and on the third day He's going to rise from the grave. No, but Paul is. He was specifically chosen, specifically given a, a revelation of mystery. This beautiful, my gospel, he calls it that because it was given to him. This is mine. I'm distinctly different than the other 12 or 13 if you cancel out Judas and throw Matthias in there. It's a different program. Okay? So, number one, it was for both Jew and Gentile. Number two, it will establish you. Number three, remember that Jesus is raised from the dead by Paul's gospel. But then number four, think about this. Now, we've preached this a number of times and rightfully so. But think about it in the context of what we're saying. Go to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. And look down in verse 8 and verse 9. 
Now, when I, when, when I read this to you, you're going to think, oh, yeah, that's good, that's good. But think about it in connection to what we're talking about. Paul, he says, my gospel, different than the others. There's more gospels in the Bible than just the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Look at verse 8. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Is that happening today? Absolutely. People say you can get to heaven through this. You can get to heaven this way. You can get to heaven that way. But think about in Paul's day. Who did he confront to the face because he was to be blamed? Because he was a preacher uh, mixing different gospels. It was Peter. And he says, Peter, you ought to know better. This is crazy. And so we can apply it in a practical tune for us today. But when you also look at it scripturally, he's, he, he, he's talking about the other gospels that we find in the Bible. I'm not preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And with the gospel of the kingdom, I don't have power to heal people. I don't have power over devils to do uh, uh, cast devils out. I, I don't have power to anoint a, a cloth and it would go forth and heal you. I can't say silver and gold have I none, but such as I have in the name of Jesus Christ, rise, take up thy bed and walk. All of this was done... And will be done once again as the kingdom program will be implemented as they're seven years preaching in tribulational time frame. The next event is the kingdom. And so the fourth is we are not to believe in any other gospels. And if we do, we're to be accursed. We're to be accursed. And not only believe in it, but also preach it. I'm not preaching the gospel of the kingdom. What I'm trying to do is give you an understanding of clarity and transparency when you go to the Bible as a Bible student. To say that there's only one gospel in the Bible is to be an ignorant Christian. Either to just ignore it, to pass it off because you don't understand it, or to just willfully, pridefully say, I don't believe it, and I'm not going to believe it because this person doesn't teach it, and this preacher doesn't teach it, and this one, I've never heard him, and I love him, and he's my idol, and man, Jack Howells, and uh, man, Lee Robertson, man, you know, I'm just throwing out names here, whoever the person is. And yet, there is a clear distinction uh, that we find in the Gospels. Um Concerning, concerning the Gospels. Let me just read this to you. In order to obtain a clear understanding of our Great Commission, let us now consider three Great Commissions giving in succession by the Lord Himself. Number one, one before His crucifixion. Number two, after His resurrection. And then number three, after His ascension. Three different periods of time, all by the Lord. And let's just go to Matthew chapter 28. Now, now look at this. Okay, look at this. Let us be honest as, are you a Baptist? Yes, but I'm a Bible believer first. Okay, I grew up in a church and I love my pastor and, and he's got a different view on, on these things. He's just a traditional Baptist. and He doesn't understand the significance of Paul's ministry. And I don't say that in any 
fashion form or shape to uh, defunct him or play him down. I'm just saying. Um, Matthew chapter 28. Look in verse 16. I went to a college that is ignorant of these things. Um, he says in verse 11, Then the eleven disciples. Who's he talking to, folks? Who's he talking to? Matthew chapter 28, verse... Did I, did I say verse 16? Then the eleven disciples. Who's he talk, who is he talking to? Who is it? The eleven, okay, that's key. That's key. It's, a, it's like a dumb question, but I'm, I'm trying... I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get you guys to interact because it's important. Is he talking to the body of Christ? Is he talking to the church? Absolutely not. He's talking to the 11 disciples. Now, what's their ministry been up to this point? They follow Jesus around. They've seen Him do miracles. They've seen Him do all kinds of things for the kingdom's sake. He came into His own, His own received Him not. What happened to Him? They rejected the kingdom. Preach the gospel of the kingdom. They were commissioned to go first to Israel. The Old Testament, the prophetical program is all about a king and all about a kingdom and all about a certain group of people. And it's the Jews. It's the throne of David. It will happen. Christ is king. And so he's talking to the eleven. This is after his death, after his burial, after his resurrection. You know, the Great Commission is often called, if you will, um, the last, the Lord's last commands. Where, where do you find the Great Commission in the Bible anyway? You don't find that title anywhere in the Bible. The Great Commission. It's often referred as the Lord's last commands. You know, the last words of a dying man or, or, or man on earth or man as he's leaving as Christ. These are great words. Okay. Uh, they're often called our marching orders. Well, let's just see. Our, the church, the body of Christ. Then the eleven disciples. He's not talking to the church went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore. There's principle. Let me give you an illustration. I use this often. Matthew 6.33 But seek ye first the kingdom of God and and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added. There's a spiritualizing of that verse that is wonderful, that is important. I want my kids to seek after God. That's how that verse was always preached to me, in a spiritualized sense. But in the literal form of that verse, we're not looking for the kingdom. So think about this, verse 19. Go ye therefore. Does God want you to go? Can you argue with that? Absolutely not. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Can you argue with that? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Can you argue with that? Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Isn't there a trinity in the Bible? Right? Verse 20. Teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Is he talking to the church or is he talking to the eleven? Is the church even around at this point? No. So what are the things that he's commanded the 12 or the 11 to do? Well, let's just look back. Look in Matthew chapter 10. 
Look in Matthew chapter 10, verse 5. Now, now look at the wording here, verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent forth and what? Commended them. Circled those two words. That's important. Go back to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. He says in verse 20, Teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Okay? After his death, he's talking to the eleven. He says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. But he doesn't say the death, the burial, and the resurrection. He doesn't say my gospel because my gospel hasn't been given by revelation yet. It's been hid. They're still in a different program, the program of the kingdom. God is still gracious to His nation. He's longing for the nation of Israel to accept Him as their king. You find it in the early portion of the book of Acts as well. And so the Great Commission as we know it as Baptists is, there's some good points to it that I'm not arguing with. But we're not going forth and teaching all nations to observe the things that Christ commanded the twelve. What are the things that He commanded them? Look back in Matthew chapter 10. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them saying, Go not to the way of the Gentiles. Man, if that was the case, none of us would even be saved. None of us would even be saved. Then He says, Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Well, that that would cancel out. We wouldn't be scriptural and spiritual if our, with our mission program because we don't have anyone going to the nation of Israel yet that we support. And then he says, and as you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We're not preaching that either. Heal the sick. We can't do that. Cleanse the lepers. We can't do that. I've never even seen a leopard. Leopard, lepers. There we go. My wife has a leopard print. Maybe that will fit in there. It says, raise the dead. That would be a fun service. I would be freaked out of my mind. Cast out devils freely. You have freely. Give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass for your purses. We don't even do that in our churches or in our life. Do, we, do you have a bank account? Do you, do you try to have a retirement? Do you try to stock up? Sure you do. Where do you find that at? You find it in Paul's ministry, but you don't find it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. What does Christ say? Give what you have to the poor and come follow them. When have you done that? When have I done that? Why? Because we're in a different program. It's not the same gospel. He says, verse 10, Nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staffs, that's going to fit for my wife. She can't bring shoes along. The workman, for the workman is worthy of his meat. Um, the whole chapter, as you, I hope you've been listening to Pastor Tyler preach, he has been preaching so clearly about right division in, in the book of Matthew. And it all deals with what he commanded the 11 to do in their gospel. But again, just because the word gospel is seen here and seen here and seen there doesn't mean that it's the same gospel. Does this start? Is it starting to make sense? I hope so. Look with me also in Mark chapter sixteen. And now, here's a good question, Pastor. We 
we support uh, three people that don't rightly divide their Bible, that would hold to the Great Commission. Why do we do that? Knowing how to rightly divide the Bible and understanding these things. Because they're, pre they're preaching the, the right gospel. They're preaching the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And a lot of people are in this subject, in this camp, just like uh, Alexander, uh, excuse me, um, um, what's his name? I don't want to misquote his name. His name over in Acts chapter, um, I don't want to misquote his name. I don't want to misquote his name. He was an eloquent man, mighty in scripture. Uh, Apollos. You go to Acts chapter 18. Apollos, he was preaching only the baptism of John the Baptist. And Aquila and Priscilla went unto him and showed him a more clear way of God's word because God's word was transpiring. It was ushering out and new things are ushering in. Look in Mark chapter 16. Go down to verse 15. And he said unto them, Who's them? Is it the eleven? Has to be because the word of God is is uh, 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 there's no there's no uh, errors in the word of God, right? So this is the same account, different man that's writing of the same situation, and he said unto them, Matthew said the eleven, right? And so it's the eleven. It's not the church. Go ye into all the world. Can't argue with that. And preach the gospel. Can't argue that. To every creature. Stop here. Circle the word gospel. Go over to Matthew chapter 4. Let me remind you what gospel they're preaching. Matthew chapter 4. It's a different passage of scripture than Matthew chapter 10. Go to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Look down in verse 17. From that time Jesus began to preach. What did Paul say? Preach the word. Amen. But make sure you're preaching the right word. He says, and from that time Jesus began to preach and to say, I've heard people say this. I don't care what Paul says. I want to know what Jesus says. Well, that sounds super spiritual, but you better read the Bible because Paul said, consider what I say. And the Lord gives the understanding. It wasn't Paul's words. It was Christ's words that were given to the Apostle Paul. And when you put him in the right context, you understand what Jesus is doing. It says in verse 17, And from that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Look down in verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel. Of what? The kingdom. And healing all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases among the people. So, you see that gospel? Look back in Mark. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen, amen, amen. God's good preaching, amen. It is. What, what gospel is it? Let me ask you this. Is accuracy important? Somebody's got a big job. Miss Renee's got a big job working for MSU and she's doing some paperwork. And you make one little 
you put one word on that thing, you know, and it's it looks good, it sounds good, but it's not the right word. There could be repercussions down the line for that. And that's what we have in our churches today because people are going to all the world and preach the gospel, but they're not even accurate with the Bible. Accuracy is important in work. Accuracy is important in marriage. How much more is it on your taxes? Absolutely. But then the Word of God? Shouldn't we be accurate with the Bible? He says, and preach the gospel to every creature. Notice this. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be what? Well, believing comes before the baptism. I get that. But in this passage, also if you go to Acts chapter 2, he talks believing and being baptized for the remission of sins, for salvation. Mark chapter 1 verse 4, John the, Bab John the Baptist was preaching the baptism of repentance. Somebody said the other day, they tweeted, and I don't tweet, I, I read it from Tyler's tweet, you know, I shoot the tweets with my BB gun every once in a while. They go into my air filter for my, you know, my, my vent right out the side of my house. So if they clogging up the vent, you know, I'm going to get them. That's the tweeting I do. But someone said, I'm a Baptist because John the Baptist was a Baptist. Well, that's bad theology. That's bad theology. It says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be what? Saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. See, pastor, see. Well, go over to Acts chapter 2. I mean, again, these programs, there are elements of works that were associated with their faith. You can't deny that. Acts chapter 2, look down in verse... Uh, Verse 37, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. They were convicted. And said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's not what... Baptism for us, all it is is a picture. Does communion save you? No. Baptism doesn't save you. But where do these denominations get that? They get it from the Bible and they come to that conclusion because they don't understand the importance of Paul. Look in verse 17 of Mark chapter 16. Are you there? Mark chapter 16. Look down in verse 17. We're in the Great Commission still. And these signs shall follow them that believe. If you believe, if you got saved, Say amen. Now ask yourself this question right here. In my name they shall cast out devils. He's not talking about the twelve or the eleven. He's talking about the converts of the eleven. And the converts are going to be saved and they're going to be believe and be baptized for salvation. And this is what, the credentials. This is what you're going to see followed up in their life. These signs shall follow them. Signs. That word signs should be a Jewish terminology ringing, 
a red flag in your head right now, right? And these signs, these signs, the Jews require signs. It's not the body of Christ. It's not the dispensation of grace. It's not both Jew and Gentile. We don't need signs. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. So if this is a sign of your salvation, then let me ask you, has anyone cast out a devil in here? Maybe we're not saved. They shall speak with new tongues. Anybody speak with new tongues in here? Maybe we're not saved. They shall take up serpents. I've never, well, I tried that once. It didn't work out well. And, they, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then after the Lord has spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and set on the right hand of God. His last words before he left, right? You begin to see, um, if you look at the Bible honestly, if you approach it without any preconceived ideas, that there are even in the Baptist denomination some things that are not holding up to Scripture. What's the importance? I'm not a Baptist basher. I am a Baptist. The independent fundamental Baptist has stood down through the years for the fundamentals of the faith. But there are some things that they have gotten incorrect. There's a number of books I could recommend to you that I've read from and studied from. And the greatest book is to see the Word of God. And with a teachable spirit, you see, well, the Great Commission is not for me. He's talking to the 11. Great Commission is not for me. Church isn't even around yet. The Great Commission is not for me because... Paul's gospel is the death, burial, and the resurrection. Their gospel is the gospel of the kingdom. And with that gospel, all these different things are going on. And here's the problem. Some people accept this truth, and I've seen it, with just humility and joyfulness and gratefulness and excitement in their heart. Others get mad. They get mad. Because what that means is they have to revert they have to reject everything that they believe 15 years or even pastors teaching 15, 20, 30 years. I've got a father that I love that won't sit down with me and as two men talk the Bible through and hash it out as just, this is a good conversation, a teachable spirit, honesty to the Word of God. Why? Because tradition has a stronghold. And I hope that for some tonight, man, this is really good stuff. And I've got so much more here to cover, four or five more pages of notes, but we don't have enough time. And we're going to talk next week a little more about the Great uh, a great Commission. We're going to talk about a greater commission. But then we're, we're going to talk about the commission that's God, God's given to the body of Christ. And they are different, completely different one from another. It's a lot of similarities. Go ye in all the world. Absolutely. I like Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Do you know what it says? Ye shall be witnesses. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Uh, and where? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the earth. You know what I learned? Hey, reach your family first, then your community, and then your city. Isn't that the way the gospel is supposed to go outward? But the gospel there in Acts 1 8 is still different than the one that Paul gives us. Paul's not saved until Acts chapter 9 on the road to Damascus. 
And if he's got this revelation, it's not a few years after he gets saved before he is revealed by God this revelation and even begins to teach it in the church of Galatia and the church of Ephesus and the church of Corinth and, and some places. And so, very unique things. Does anyone have a question or a statement? Anyone have a question? All right. God bless. You're dismissed. We'll see you Sunday. Oh, don't forget, we will have Sunday school starting Sunday, and, and we'll be back Sunday night as well. So just kind of regular service. God bless you.